Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi everyone, this is Ian Pepperell. I play Roy Tucker in The Archers. I was lucky enough recently to be in the 70th anniversary episode of The Archers, which as you all know, as listeners, has just been the culmination of the modern-day slavery storyline. As I normally do on these momentous scripts, I try and get everyone in the cast to sign the front of the script, and I generally uh, then give it to a charity for them to raise money for whatever their cause may be. This time, um, I asked Rowfield if he could... um, come up with an idea because obviously I think it's probably wiser for him because he has probably more or a wider network of Archer's listeners than I could possibly reach and he brilliantly came up with the idea of donating it to Unseen but instead of just donating the script he's basically asking for donations from you all to go to Unseen uh, who campaign against slavery all across the world I thought this was a brilliant idea and so it's not an auction at all it's just anyone and whatever you can give your names will go into a hat and randomly one of you will be picked and hopefully uh you'll be uh picking up the 70th anniversary of the archers so good luck everyone and um take care of yourselves lots of love and be safe I'm uh, speaking to Justine Coral, who is the uh, big cheese, the head honcho at um, Unseen. Why in 2021 do we need Unseen, Justine? Well, good afternoon. The, the reason we need Unseen is because we do have an issue with modern slavery and exploitation. And unfortunately, many people think that it just happens to, um, you know, people elsewhere in other parts of the world. But it's happening all over the globe um, and right here in the UK. And what we want to do is raise awareness so that people can spot the signs of slavery and exploitation um, and really know what to do about it if they've got any concerns. I think for many of us, and I'll definitely put myself in, in this bracket, we we weren't aware that this was a thing. And I think I'm just about on safe ground saying this. We all thought this was a problem of the other. This was pro- a problem of immigrants and, dare I say, of brown people, black people. And one of the, the, the most shocking things about this storyline um, is the fact that uh, people are born and brought up in Britain, in England, can be victims of, of slavery. Do we have any kind of facts and figures as to how many uh, British people, English people, Scottish people, Welsh people, etc., um, are fall prey to this hideous practice? 
you're quite right in terms of we need to dispel the myth that this happens out there to somebody else. You know, it's all about vulnerabilities and we can all be vulnerable um, at some point in our lives. Um, and obviously, when we're talking about in a pandemic um, and we've, we've just gone through the first stages of Brexit, you know, all of those things will impact people in the UK. But what we see in the UK are tens of thousands of people being abused and exploited every day. Um, and in the top five nationalities that we see, uh, UK nationals are placed high, um, particularly for young people. They're at the, the top of the list. Um, for adults, they are second or third on the list, depending on uh, which statistics you look at. We're talking about labour exploitation in car washes, nail bars, construction, in hospitality. We're talking about sexual exploitation, criminal exploitation, where people are forced to run drugs or shoplift, and also domestic servitude, where people are locked up in private households and being forced to work long hours. So it's happening on our high streets, on our doorsteps, and we need to really let people know what what is happening um, in our communities and what they can do to to help others out of these situations one of the uh, kind of interesting things specifically with this storyline in the archers was how unwittingly complicit so many people in the village actually were with philip moss uh, and his um, exploitation of his workers the fact that he was always doing mates rates for everybody with building work um are what are the signs that we can uh, maybe spot as good citizens that maybe somebody who we've contracted to do some work isn't completely and utterly kosher well i think the first thing to say is that we it genuinely genuinely is hidden in plain sight so you know when we talk about the signs to spot sometimes it is very subtle um but you might have somebody whose behavior doesn't seem quite right um their uh, appearance may seem slightly odd they might not have the right clothes um for the weather or the work that they're doing they might feel uh, that somebody is scared of their situation they might not want to talk to you might not want to um, have eye contact with you um, and it might be that they are working for somebody else um, and the relationship there seems a little bit odd that they look like they're being coerced or under control um, and all of these factors could point to somebody uh, being in a compromised position um, at best but but really uh, could be in a situation where they're being abused and exploited and lastly Tell us a little bit more about Operationally Unseen. Um, How many people work for the organisation? Do you have any specific goals um, from 2021? Tell us about you guys. Unseen, our mission is to end modern slavery, so to to stamp out slavery for good. We'd love to see that happen in our lifetimes. Um, But as we all know, this has been, you know, an issue that has mutated and changed from when we were talking about the transatlantic slave trade. But generally, um, we are looking to stop people from being abused and exploited. Um, and if we can do that, if we can work with others, if we can really make a difference, um, then we will have achieved our mission. But it's a mission that it will take years. It will take many organisations, many people um, working collaboratively um, to really put a stop to what is a, a pretty horrendous crime. So uh, the URL for you guys is unseenuk.org? 
It definitely is. Um, yeah, and we run the Modern Slavery Helpline. So, you know, if anybody has concerns, please do call the helpline. So there you go. You heard it first here from Justine Wilberforce Carell. Um, she's going to be stamping out modern slavery. And what we need, folks, is your help. Uh, so what you can do is look at the show notes here and you have our Just Giving link. We've so far raised just over £4,000. And you know what, folks? I'm not going to rest until we at least get to five. But actually, you know you can do better than that. Let's get to ten. It's 2021. Modern slavery should not be a thing which we're even discussing. It should be something which we've consigned to the dustbin of history. So uh, thank you, Justine Wilberforce Carell, for coming on to our podcast and, and warming things up for us at the start of this week's Dum Dum. Thank you so much. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This is Dum Dum, sponsored by managers. This is Dumbly Dum, the show about the reality ducky drama that are centered in Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the homemade Pano Chocolat, who is Royfield Brown, and with me have the stale slice of bread, who is... Philippa Hall. <laughs> and the last part of this week's selection of Danish pastries, folks, is you, our lovely listeners. Now, this week's Dumbly Dum is from Emma Rayner, who is uh, a chip off uh, Quentin Rayner's old block. Now, Philippa, if somebody else would like to sing us in a Dumbly Dum, how can that be done? Well, if you would like to sing us a dum dum or leave us a plot prediction, then call us on 0203 031 3105, leave us a message on SpeakPipe or send us a text message starting with DUM to 07786 200690. And thanks to our social media supremos. Cosmo for his podcast roundups, Mike Hatton for his character counts, Shambridge for her voices, and to Lucy V. Freeman. On this week's episode, folks, goodness, we've got a whole load of calls. We hear views mm. from Neil, Carolyn, Glyn, Witherspoon, Claire, Sarah, Andrew, Jeff, Nigel, and Liz. Ooh, guess what, Philippa? What, I've what? got no time this episode to mention that the Cleveland Browns smashed the Pittsburgh Steelers <laughs> last night. Got no time for that. Oh, what a shame. Oh, As you oh. said, we've got no time. Let's just No time. No oh. time. But first, it's Amber's week that was in Ambridge. Hello, Dumpty Dum. I'm Amber, and on This Week in Ambridge... Justin is ousted by the ruthless Martin Gibbs. Equally ruthless, though. He knows he'd have done literally exactly the same thing. Brian is back on BL, since everyone in Ambridge appears to have the memory of a sieve. An inspector calls the sequel... Residents of Ambridge compete for who can be the most contrite and sorry. 
Shuler's got a case of melodram patheticism as she crumbles in agony at the idea of answering the phone. And that was the week in Ambridge. Amber, thank you for that. As always, raise a chuckle or two. Now, uh, Phil, how brill are your skills this week? They're, they're fully ready to rock and roll. We've got a lot to talk about. Hello, Ambridge3962. Why don't we start off with our granddaddy? It's our Witherspoon. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Greetings, everyone in Dumpty Dum Towers and to all Dumpty Numbers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. What an awful week it's been. But on Friday, something good happened to me. As a community physician, I received my first COVID vaccine. Of course, I was very happy about it. But later in the afternoon, I experienced something else, a bit of guilt. But those feelings resolved as I recognized that all physicians were being vaccinated, as seen on a multitude of Facebook pictures. I would be personally protected and helping to protect my husband. And soon I would be able to see many more patients in person. Why do I bring this up? In the last week, a few Ambridge residents expressed that same emotion and guilt when they didn't recognize that Philip had been acting evilly under their noses. One who didn't experience that, not surprisingly, was Justin. Some Dumpty Dumbers felt that David, Helen, and Shula had overdone their self-flagellation. Had they? In retrospect, and assuming what we heard was the extent of their expression of guilt, then I'd say not. Maybe it's because many a Dumpty Dumber dislike that trio that they're painted with a neurotic brush. But maybe they represent what we all would have felt in that situation. In psychoanalytic terms, they didn't live up to an idealized self who would have saved three young men from pain and suffering. When behavior falls short of the mark, then the superego punishes via the experience of guilt. I'd say that both Shula and Helen have exaggerated idealized selves, and they have large punishing superegos. But hey, better that than no functioning superego. You wouldn't want to turn into a Philip Moss, or worse yet, a Donald Trump. Talk to you soon. Oh, yes. Everyone needs a Witherspoon. The knowledge that man has. Wow. And and it's the fact that it wasn't just the work that he was appointed to do. It was the fact that people welcomed him in as a friend and, and the guilt that comes with that. I, I just worry, is he going to try and put the blame on Kirsty? Is that why she was hauled in as well? I'm a bit concerned about that. Royfield, what do you think? Well, I just want to know about your superego. Oh, your idealised self. It's better than Shula's ringtone. That's all I can say. (laughs) That was the worst ringtone I've ever heard. Well, I'm not going to comment on on the ringtone, right, because mine is spectacularly unimaginative. But uh, what I would say, though, is that I found this week to be a great week in terms of people's moral compass and how we're all just kind of complicit with uh, shabby, shoddy goings on. And we all are. We all are. Um, just So I've just spoken uh, to Justine from Unseen. And two minutes into that conversation, I thought, I go to Primark. 
How many of us go to Primark and we know that there is no way that those T-shirts really ethically can be produced at that price? There is some child in Bangladesh somewhere who's missing a finger or two because of our rapacious appetite to have things cheaper and cheaper. Is that child in modern day slavery? Uh, Maybe technically not, but are they being exploited? Economically, most definitely. You know, so this thing, you know, it starts with a storyline on the arches. But when you sit down and think, the, you know, the moral debate, the the conundrum, the ethical wrangling which is going on in the village, we're all actually part of that. And it isn't just Philip Moss and um, him being a, a gang master, a modern slaver. You know, we are all complicit. And as I say, and I, there's a big target on my back. And it's that word exploitation. It, you know, it can apply to so many areas. And I think it's made us all stop and think about our approach and not automatically going for something that's the cheapest price. You know, what what makes it so cheap and who's had to suffer to get that price so low? It's, yeah, it's a, it's a lesson for us all. But equally, there's lots of people on you know, very low incomes, and it, it's balancing that. But um, I think, you know, the case that we've heard in Ambridge is is extraordinary. And, and as I said earlier, I do think it's the fact as well that they let him in to the community as a friend. So they feel that they've failed on two levels. They've, they've chosen the wrong person to do the work and the impact it's had um, on, on the, those poor men, um, but also the fact that they let him into the community and they trusted him and there was that sort of friendship for some of them and it's sort of the failings on both counts and how that affects them. I thought it was a super week. I mean, obviously a horrible topic to have to deal with. But it was just it was just a great week. Um, I just no, love I, the archers to, no, to, bits, to hear them all. It's one of the reasons why we have so many calls. Not only is it a new year, but also people are just commenting on the you know the ethical debate and saying that you know th- this is fab because there, by the grace of God, go I. We've all been uh, wittingly or unwittingly. Let's say unwittingly of. Uh, being part of this and, and just and, and, and you and you've made me think and it isn't just Primark and it was right of, of you to say that, you know there are other companies who are kind of complicit in this or at least have the finger of suspicion pointed at them uh, but it's not even just uh, cheap uh, products you know how many of us have iPhones and some of the practices that go on in those Chinese factories are terrible you know, people working literally 18-hour days to fulfill orders for iPhones. So it isn't necessarily that something is cheap, that there's a red flag. Um, it can go to the other end of the value chain. It can be something which is incredibly expensive, uh, but um, there are working practices which uh, should not be um, seen as being proper in uh, 2021. Um, but, and, but I think Witherspoon's one point, which I thought was most excellent, you know, Shula and Helen, you know, just two characters uh, somewhat get beaten up because we kind of don't really, really like them. And uh, I I think people have been a little bit harsh uh, with our Shula. So uh, why don't we first go on to my old mucket, Sarah Spilsbury. Sarah Spilsbury here, wishing everybody in Dumpty Tomland a happy new year. 
First of all, thank you so much for all the uh, additional content over the Christmas period. Uh, meant a lot and that it was a less lonely occasion than it might have otherwise been. And I'm sure I'm speaking for a lot of people there as well. It's been an interesting week seeing the fallout of the Philip Moss story and uh, various residents of Ambridge's reactions to it. And David wanting to go all Bristol Harbour style and knock down the work done on the farm. A bit weird for me for him to be talking about something from outside the village. So instead it was more that he knocked down the dramatic fourth wall. Not saying this was wrong to include it, just did anybody else find that a little strange? I also like the conversation between Alan and Shula, in which he, in more diplomatic terms, basically urged her to grow a pair. I have no idea why Philip might have been calling her, and as she was too chicken to pick up, neither has she. Uh, so clerical life isn't going to be the uh, walk in the park she was hoping for. God help her, she had a cold-faced job in customer services where you get all kinds of uh, random callers. Okay, well, with that, wishing you all the well. Tarara bit. Oh, fabulous. Tarara bit, Sarah. Yes. Um, I agree. David's views are a little bit strange and the extremes between David wanting to just knock the whole place down and Ruth wanting to go off and make an egg sandwich. I, that was uh, quite extraordinary. <laughs> uh, and Shula does great on me. I mean, I love to loathe her. You know, it wouldn't be the same if she wasn't there. Um, but the indecision not to answer that phone call, it, it drove me potty. I, I mean, we're all saying, why? Why was he calling her? What was it about? Um, I've got I've got my view on it. What, have you got an idea, Royfield? I have absolutely no view. It's so much so that I asked the question on the Dum Dum Facebook group saying, why did Philip call? I have no idea. So let's hear your theory. Okay, my theory is he's left the second set of accounts up the church tower and he needs to get them. You what? <laughs> well, he did the work on the church tower. Why would he leave them up? The, up the steeple. Where, up where, where wouldn't you go to look for them? What's the one place that would be left alone? Nobody's sort of ringing the bells at the moment. The police aren't going to go there. That's his safe place. But wait on a minute. I thought, well, <laughs> wouldn't you just have like a secret Google account and just hide it, screw it away there? We know that he's got this laptop hidden away in a cupboard, don't we? In a wardrobe. This sounds rather 1990s, before there was an internet, before there was the cloud, the way that you're, you know, outlining things. Come yeah, on. We're talking, we're talking about the archers. No, come on. His accounts are not stuck up the church, the church steeple. It's just not. Come on. Be but serious. Be I am being serious. serious because last time we spoke on Dumpty Dum, didn't I say that Kirsty would get arrested? So call me Mystic Meg. Uh, but did I say that she wouldn't? Yes, you did. Okay, brilliant. All right, just clearing that up. All right, here's Liz. <laughs> Hi, Dr. Dan. It's Liz, calling in for the third time, I think. I hope you all had a lovely Christmas and a happy New Year, even though we're all in lockdown again. I've been the arches uh, for the past few weeks. I'm really glad that the modern slavery storyline has now come out, and it's really interesting to hear all the fallout from that and the other villagers and what they think about it. I loved Linda last week. Um, I thought she was really kind of thirsty and it was really nice to see that side of her after not seeing that um, for a bit, obviously. Um, and I'm also really glad that she got MBE. I thought that was really well-deserved after the year she's had, especially. 
and I'm looking forward to hearing from Chris and Alice again um, and seeing what's going to happen with them and the baby and that storyline. Bye. Very good. Thank you, Liz. So, yes, very happy that uh, Linda got the MBE and um, very well deserved and wants to hear more from Chris and Alice. Gosh, I think we all do um, after Peggy's intervention. My mum got an MBE and um, it was a very it was a very wonderful thing, I have to say. It was, yes, very nice. Um, I was actually quite anti the royalty for some reason. I don't know why until that point. And then when we went, <laughs> <to> see, <laughs> but when we went to see her get the MBE, and you hear the stories of what incredible things people have done for their communities, it it humbles you so much, and it really made me see the purpose of the royalty to hold up these incredible individuals in their community and and you know give give them a reward so yes it changed my mind put it like that but yes thanks liz i i want to hear more from chris and alice and find out what's going on what about you royfield i'm not a massive proponent for the honors system but i'm not against it either and i think if people have done great works in the community or for the country or da 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 da, da it's great for them to be recognized and and to be recognized by somebody with a magical hat on their head why and not? I can't, I can't wait to hear Linda go through that, the preparation, the you know, choosing the outfit, the hat, going yeah. there. Will we get to hear the Queen? I mean, that would be yeah. brilliant. That would be classic. Well, I, I think everybody always gets a little bit downcast when they get another member of the royal family. You know, I, I suppose if you get William, you're all right. But whenever I've, whenever I've heard of somebody going to Buckhouse to get a gong. And they get palmed off with Prince Charles, a bit like, Ugh. you know, you want the Queen, don't you? You know, <laughs> yeah. We got the Queen. I'm pleased to say, we got hey. the Queen. Yeah. Props, props. Right, uh, Liz, thank you for that call. Mm. And also, it, it gives me time just to uh, big up uh, Vitel. Vitel is the company who give us the phone line, uh, which uh, Liz rang in on. So if you've got any telephone telephony needs for your company, Vitel, uh, go on to a uh, uh, search engine of your choice, Google, type in Vitel, and, and, and ask to speak to Nicholas Barnes and say, Oi, you, uh, I hear that you do good work and you can set up telephone systems for companies and also telephone services. So if you need like competition lines or anything like that, Nicholas Barnes and his company are tipped up. They're called Vitel. Tell them that Dum De Dum sent you. Now it's me other podcasting wife. Oh God, I'm polygamous. I've gone and got you. I've got Kerry. It's Claire Asprey. Hello and happy new year to all Dum De Dumers. It's Claire from Clapham here. I was really interested this week in thinking about how we were all expecting a kind of big 70th anniversary episode and the whole arrest of Kirsty felt a little bit over exaggerated and, and over dramatic but actually if you want to uh, shake Cambridge to the core uh, with the longer term implications actually we're seeing that play out some of this week and I'd sort of forgotten quite how much work Philip had done in the village. I mean, I remember him doing the stables. I remember him doing the playground. I remember him doing Grey Gables, obviously. But I'd sort of forgotten about Lillian's bathroom, you know, and all of that. And I just think, well, it's interesting. It's, it's great Archer's sort of activity, really, in that he's been there years. It's like I'm in a sort of sleeper cell or something. Like that. Um, you know, he's been there years, quietly doing bits of work for everybody. And then this kind of suddenly comes out and now everyone can feel guilty because apart from Jim, pretty much everyone did use Philip. 
and I'm hoping that, you know, it felt a little bit preachy, but it's right that, you know, when something's too cheap, there's someone paying for that. And uh, it's usually a very vulnerable person at the end of the chain. And we could all ask more questions about that. So, yeah, so I think that's given us all something to think about. And that's uh, probably quite a good demographic to pitch it to, too. So, yeah, so that will be interesting to see how that all continues to pan out and who continues to feel guilty and who sort of lets themselves off and how it all Certainly the thing about how it will play for Borchester Land who have anti-slavery obligations, probably. Mm. And just a quick one to say that um, I'm loving Trather, but I do have mixed feelings because I'm not sure whether they were the right couple to be together. But we'll see. Anyway, speak to you soon. Bye. Ah, yes. Happy New Year, wonderful Claire. Yet I'd forgotten how much work Philip had done in Ambridge. Are they going to have to change their name from Ambridge to Mossbridge or something? I I don't know. I was a bit disappointed with the 70th anniversary episode, but actually the way it's panning out on on the last week that we've heard, it's wonderful to hear it dealt with in a different way. Yes, we didn't have Kirsty screaming as she realised what was going on, but in many ways it was actually better than that this week, hearing the different individuals reacting to it. And I, with hindsight, I much preferred that. We, we built ourselves up knowing that at the 60th, you know, a beloved character, you know, was thrown mm. to his death by his brother-in-law. <laughs> um, so we were expecting something of that ilk, weren't we? Mm. Um, and people speculated that it was going to be some incredible whale from Kirsty, considering she's got form for incredible mm. whales. But what we did get was was Kirsty being uh, arrested in front of the village. Um, So so we we did get something. However, the week afterwards has been uh, utterly, utterly fascinating. You know, Neil, who, if anybody's a saint in that village, it's probably Neil. Him being interrogated by by the bill. I am expecting it to be a a new series on Netflix, you know, The Grilling of Neil Carter. It was, uh, yeah. But I think our New York Nigel expertly sums up some of the um, the differences between a small village and let's say a metropolis and spotting that mm. a deal is too good to be true. Hello Dumpty Dummers, it's New York Nigel here, absent almost as long as Vicar Allen since the start of this pandemic. Um, we lost some members of our congregation here in New York City and that might explain my absence a little bit. Well, I think it's easier to be a Philip in Ambridge than in New York City. Here there's more competition and if we had a bell tower that needed repair, we'd have multiple quotations and outside building managers, auditors, bookkeepers, parish administrators, governing board, all looking through everything. And Ambridge, I suppose it's a small community and it's all more about trust. We think that a little village is an idyllic place where trust can be taken for granted since everybody knows each other. But in New York City real estate, nobody trusts anybody. I think perhaps the story exposes this bounded morality of communities. If my neighbour, colleague, family member says it's okay, it must be fine. And you can see the same thing in banking or the police Mm. or politics, perhaps on a bigger scale. Um, Secondly, Alan and Shula. I thought Alan did a good job. Um, A vicar is both outside and inside a community, and it can be quite a lonely business sometimes. I have to preach and pray about Trump supporters one block away from his New York residence. 
And Shula, for goodness sake, she's come a long way. I was tempted to like her. But for goodness sake, she's 60 years old. Why does she have to rely on Alan about the telephone call? Show some initiative. If you don't sort yourself out, you're only going to take your high-minded scruples out on some poor parish somewhere that you'll use to work your therapy out on. She sounds like one of my directees in their 20s. Anyway, that's about all from me. I hope to call in more often. Uh, Happy New Year to everybody and thanks. Oh, Nigel, welcome back and Happy New Year to you too. Sounds like you've had a very difficult time and so just so glad you're you're back with us and and hope that you're okay. Um, Yes, you're right. It's this word trust again and how for the residents of Ambridge, they they trusted Philip Moss. And so it's um, it it made it all the more easier for him to um, get all their business and Oh, I don't know. It was just such a mess. Oh, I love the I love the point Nigel makes about Shula. And actually thinking about it, as part of her curacy training, she would have to um, do, I would call it work experience. I'm sure there's a better term, but in different parishes. Can you imagine people having to deal with, with Shula? And I would love to hear that. I would love to hear her go in different parts of the UK and um, uh, and, and all that she experiences. That, that would be wonderful. Shula on a road trip. Would you really want to listen to I it? Would. I, I would. I would. Road show road. Various little parishes around the yeah. UK. Give you me would. the T-shirt as well for the road trip. I'm, <laughs> I'm there. Because as part of your training, you have to have experiences of different types of congregations, you know, the more I, traditional, I, the more that modern. I get that. I get. But do you want to hear it? Yes, I do. You dull oh, Pull up person. a chair with some you, popcorn. You <laughs> dull person. However, I don't know um, whether it's because I'm just too kind-hearted, but I don't have the venom in my system that most people seem to have for Shula Hebden Lloyd. I, d- I just don't have it. However, and I have a certain amount of sympathy. I know she wants to be, you know, at the right hand of God. You know, she wants to, she's signed up to be part of the God squad. Mm-hmm. But still, it's a learning process. As you've just said, part of the learning process is to go to different parishes, you know, urban, rural, suburban, whatever, and um, to to get your wings, so to speak. The woman, yes. the woman uh, shush, let me finish. The woman <laughs> was <laughs> the woman was thrown because somebody who's accused of modern slavery has just called her out of the blue. Now, should she have had the, the fortitude really to pick up the phone? Absolutely. But she is just training to be a vicar. She's not a vicar yet. So a little bit of a wobble. It's kind of understandable. I'd like to think in that circumstance, I'd have picked up the phone. But you know what? It would have given me a wobble. That's all I'm saying. Can I speak now? Am I, do I have permission to well, speak? I, all right, then go on. Go on. <laughs> Thank you very much. She might be in training um, as, as part of the curacy training, but she's fully skilled at sort of interfering and and getting involved in things so her indecision to answer the phone it was like um a a teenage girl you know oh do I take the call from the boyfriend or not oh I don't know what to do she will experience um coming across people that she may not get on with that that may have done uh, things that in her eyes are, are are bad certainly Philip Moss has but she's got to she's got to be able to step up and and deal with it she's used to dealing with um you know all all the stuff with the hunt uh, but then I suppose let's look at what happened with Rob 
actually thinking about it, she she didn't face up to that one easily. So maybe we've got a Still. theme going Still. on. Not everybody has your brill skill in being able to confront adversity head on. Now, all I'm saying is I understand the wobble. Was she right? No, she should have picked up the phone. All I'm saying is she's a vicar in training, right? And she and Alan was there basically telling her to stiffen her spine, right? And she failed. But you know what? I'm not a Christian. But there's many a parable, many a story in in the Bible about people failing at the first hurdle, but then, uh, you know, learning from that. So, um, you know, there's Dusty there going, yes, Royfield, it's, you know, Luke chapter one, verse three, the story of the blah, blah, blah. I I don't know uh, exactly what line it is, but come on, let's have some christian compassion shall oh we? i'm full of christian compassion but to, to, get, like you are no, to get to where she is now she has had to have gone through several stages already she's gone to the uh, the bishop's advisory panel she's had um consultations mediation she's been interviewed she's had to fill in forms write letters all is she sorts a vicar? of things your vicar though is she a vicar or is she still yeah, but as part as part of that process and uh, is to- she a fully formed ordained vicar no but she can pick there up you the go phone. there you go still in training right so i've won that argument <laughs> oh. i don't want to go so let's move on oh i tell you what i tell you what this call is awesome it's andrew horn now he's a, a man of a uh, man of god right he uh he likes to sing in a choir likes to go and visit church he's also a man of business because he knows his stuff when it comes to how to run a corporation uh andrew horn over to you Greetings, Earthlings. Andrew Horn here. As usual, the archers don't do business well, um, but I'm not going to rant about that on this occasion. I would also draw to your attention Glyn's excellent post on Facebook about tax treatment and why BL might be worried of uh, investigations into their accounts. Um, and I've also done a blog about, about the role of procurement, which I shared on Facebook and and on FlickApp and on Twitter. So if you want to, you can find out there. Um, I would like to talk about BL. Uh, a couple of uh, points. I think they overreacted. They've done it for dramatic reasons to show um, how companies might react to something like this. But in context, this was a small infrastructure project uh, and any publicity could be easily managed out. It's not like it was a retailer buying clothes made with child labour, which would be at the core of their supply chain, and they should know about it. But it does show the weakness of their uh, process around um, procurement. And um, I have more sympathy for David, he doesn't know the market. He's not a, not an, uh, an expert in that field. He's got a local builder, offers him mates rates uh, on a job. I can see why he would take that. And Alan's point that he made to the village about uh, considering the price that you're paying and why it is so low, it does presuppose that one knows the market price so that you can make an educated decision about what is a good price and how far below that do you in all good conscience feel like paying? 
So I think this does raise genuine issues, but it also raises other questions. Final point coming back to uh, Borchester land. Uh, the bit that annoyed me was them sacking, pushing Justin into resigning. His company owns Borchester land. When uh, Damara Capital bought Borchester land, they bought out the other shareholders or the majority of them. So Martin Gibson is, uh, is taking an interesting line in this and it just doesn't make sense to me. But then business often doesn't in the archers. That's all I've got to say. Uh, speak to you all soon. Bye. Oh, yes, Andrew. Excellent points. Well made. Um, I love what you said. The, the archers doesn't do business well. Absolutely. And the fact that BL overreacted. I, I, I was struck by the thought that for, for BL, it's more about reputation than uh, the legalities. And, and that's why they reacted in that way. I'm on record of saying I love all the boardroom chicanery and shenanigans that go on. And for me, we don't have enough of it. I love a little bit of Martin Gibson, Annabelle mm. Shriver. I, I love it. Um, however, I love the fact that we have uh, you, Cosmo, Andrew, who can go, wait on a minute. No, no, no. Damara Capital owns X and Y and Z. And this wouldn't happen and, and that wouldn't happen because for the rest of us mere mortals, it's all gobbledygook. But I think Andrew made a really good uh, distinction between them and David and with them that actually part of their overreaction is that in the greater scheme of things this is pretty minor uh, minor bit of procurement you know mm -hmm. for them he's a local builder he has a reputation locally oh yeah we can throw him 10 grand to go and do mm. x y or z so and i thought that's a, a very key uh, distinction talking about dumbly dumb listeners um i've got to say props to you phil Really? With your real skill of uploading an image to your tractor profile. Thank now, you. I did say last week, people, as best part of a thousand of you actually now on tractor, and a few of you have actually started messaging uh, people locally. Number one, uh, let's make sure that those messages are on the up and up. Number two, upload a picture because it just brings the profile to life. And you can see exactly what Brill Skill Phil looks like. Uh, you can see what Jojo Sexy Hills or Joe Andrews looks like. Um, and it's really good. Sarah Spilsbury, she uploaded a, a, an image. So go onto your profile. There's a big button top right. It says edit profile, upload a picture. You can see what Rosie Porty looks like. So let's just bring all of the caller in all the listeners to life by uploading a profile. And please go on, use the service. It is utterly wonderful. Yeah, can I just say something on that? Because at, at this point in time, you know, a lot of people, certainly friends of mine around the country who are feeling lonely and love the archers, love Dumpty Dum. And just, uh, you know, I've encouraged them to go on because when you look at the map, I just think it's lovely to see that there's a fellow Dumpty Dumber near you. I think it just makes the world a bit smaller. And OK, we might not be able to meet each other right now, but you can form connections. You can just, you know, hello, are you OK? Just to know that. I, th I think it's lovely. Uh, now, from Andrew Horn, we go to Jeff. Hello, it's Jeff here. Long-time listener to The Archers, but reasonably new arrival for Dumpty Dum. I've emailed you a couple of times, but this is the first time I've called in. Uh, reason for the call is that 
I was really impressed with the uh, final scene of this week's episodes. A few months ago, the writers had great fun with a scene where Gavin opened up to Alastair about his gambling problem. The whole conversation fitted a gambling addiction, but the words said so much more, and now they've done even better. As wannabe Vicar Schuler apparently criticised actual Vicar Alan for suggesting people should show forgiveness to Philip, the self-same Philip seemed to be phoning Schuler. Maintaining her unforgiving nature, Shula hesitated about whether to answer and asked Alan his opinion. It's not me he's calling, said Alan enigmatically. I suspect Shula still believed Alan was talking about Philip, but I couldn't help thinking that we'd moved on and Shula should turn away from any calling in the future. That's a great call, Jeff. Love it. Thank you. Um, yeah, I, I'm not a fan of Shula, but I I love hearing her. I love her career choice as well, because it just gives me more ammunition against the poor woman. It wouldn't be the same if she gave up uh, and became, I don't know, a librarian or something. It just wouldn't be the same. I, I don't know. What, what about you, Royfield? Do you think her calling is, should be called off? I think Witherspoon's on to something here. We are much more critical about some characters than we are than others. In terms of having, let's say, a somewhat, at least initially, uh, morally suspect reaction to to many situations, you know, we could completely and utterly point the finger at Jazza. But because it's Jazza, we go, oh, okay, so he sold some alcohol to kids who knew were underage. Yes, yes, we forgive him that. But yeah, but uh, Shula didn't pick up the phone to... Uh, an alleged but actually very guilty uh, modern-day slaver. And, you know, we are the first to throw uh, rocks in her direction. I don't love her, but I I love to loathe her. I like her being in there. I like her being a part of it. But she does... I suppose the reason why I judge Shula more than Jazza is that Shula does appear to feel that she is higher than, than others. And she does give this sort of... She's trying to be compassionate to people and she just fails. And it... it, it, it yeah, she's just... She's got a bit of a target on her head, but the archers wouldn't be the same without her, I think. I don't know. What, what... Mm, I'll tell you, I actually don't think we would miss Shula Hebden Lloyd not being part of the archers. Uh, for she... me, for me, the archers is a bit like a jigsaw puzzle. You might pick up one piece and think, well, what's that got to do with the picture? But when you put it down, it's an important part. And I think Shula does, um, you know, show us that a, a, a certain type of character that we would prefer not to be known for. And, and so I like it as you often find a character like that in a community. So I think she's sort of an important part of that jigsaw puzzle. Mm. Okay, uh, and this is all completely off the top of my head. Last week, symbolically, Linda getting the MBE was moving because Linda is the linchpin of many things that happen within the whole um, routine of the village, whether it's a panto, which I don't really like, or the village fate, etc., etc. And she has a key role of being a comforter and a counsellor-in-chief. That's Linda. So she's fundamental to the village. The Brookers Archers lot are fundamental because the whole drama actually rotates around Brookfield. They are the key uh, scion of the Archers uh, family 
and really the, the revolves around them. The key inheritance and the mantle of the premier farmers are actually the Brookers lot. Ryan is important and Jennifer because of business. Bridge Farm is important because of um, ethical farming. The bull is important because it's uh, at the social heart of the village. And the church is important. The church is important for to be a spiritual uh, centre of the village. Then after that, right, you have characters who uh, who we warm to and we want to hear them. But the thing doesn't actually revolve around them. So Kirsty, uh, Ethical Compass, um, Lillian, older woman who still has fun, still has a joy of life. Mm. Shula, I would, con- I would say, could disappear for six months and you wouldn't miss her. The, the whole structure of the show wouldn't be any poorer if there was no Shula. I'm not saying she's a bad actor. I think that part of um, the story arc of Shula, an important part, is her spiritual journey and the fact that she's looking for a place for a role because actually the character doesn't have one. Even Alistair structurally is more important. He's the vet in a rural soap. Yes, but then I just I just like having her. I like those sort of characters that make you like being mean to middle class, middle aged women who are grey. No, 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 no. Because it's a mirror to Right, that's it. Oh, my goodness. There was me just about to thank you for the lovely, kind words you said uh, in that special episode over the Christmas period. But now oh, I am that's what friends can do. Friends can tease. Friends can tease, <laughs> Philippa. Yeah, just don't say grey. That's Let's just not even go there. Thank you. Even in All your, right. Um... Well, I've seen, I've seen your bookshelf. Anything but grey. Anything but right. You're the only person I know that's into books who categorizes their books by the color of their spines as opposed to their content or the author. You know, that's uh, you, 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 you were built for the Instagram generation, weren't you? Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Glenn here on location uh, as usual. And this week I'm on location with our local llamas. Well, they might be alpacas, but anyway, it's close enough to remind me of our hero, Linda Snell, and her MBE, and pictures will appear on the website or on the Dumpty Dum Facebook page shortly. Talking of Linda, I thought her reaction to the news in Ambridge was a most uh, dignified response. Uh, The fact that she thought primarily of the community rather than what Philip Moss had done to her, I thought that was uh, pretty amazing. But it was pretty Linda. Actually, I thought we had four cracking episodes this week. I think in every instance, the certainly from my point of view, what the characters expressed about the news of modern slavery was exactly what I would anticipate them to uh, express. Uh, David feeling guilty and realising that he had this monument around him to modern slavery. Uh, Ruth being rather less 
emotional and rather more calculating about the whole thing, if I can say that. Justin getting into a bit of bother and actually there may be other things that he may need to worry about. I'll put that on the um, on my Facebook post as well about how he may have, have some worries about facilitating Philip Moss's tax evasion, which we know he's done as well. And then finally, uh, Helen and um, Shula. And I hope on Monday we get an episode where Helen and Shula are having a guilt fest face-off uh, with Ruth looking on rather bemused. Okay, uh, Good luck to everyone in Dunty Dumland. Goodbye. Yes, I love the photos you, you upload every week, Glenn. They're, they're fantastic. And um, incidentally, the information that Glenn and Andrew put on is, is really useful, I think, to get a better understanding of their viewpoints and the sort of the legalities. So Justin, yeah, will he suddenly be accountable? He's never before. I thought it was interesting, though, with Justin, unlike everybody else who was facing the reality of the situation, Justin didn't apologise. There was no empathy. There was no consideration. He just went into defensive mode. Whereas David, it sounded like he wanted to issue a press release um, you know, saying oh, we've we've got this monument to modern slave trading, which is I admire the sentiment, but it is not the way to run a business. But well, uh, going back to what Sarah Spilsbury did, because I realised we we glossed over the key point. Well, at least I did. I was t- it felt odd that David mentioned Coulson and the statue in Bristol. And she says, I'm not saying it was a bad thing. It just felt like we'd broken the fourth wall. Mm -hmm. I I like David Archer. I like the character of David Archer in that he is, and I I accused you of being grey, and uh, you told me (laughs) no uncertain terms. Oh, no, no, not (laughs) Lisa. David is grey. And David is struggling with his own lack of depth, isn't he? We had the whole thing with him and mm. him and Vince. So it was an interesting bit of introspection and him linking what he's done to, to something wider. Um, I suppose you could put it down, social justice, virtue signalling par excellence of, of the BBC. And yes, it was is that it did feel slightly incongruous for David to make that link but it's because it was David if Kirsty had said that it would have felt much more authentic Mm. but I'm glad that David did because David is there as a proxy for us all a bit middling a bit a bit middle-aged a bit boring and it made him realize that unwittingly he was part of something which is totally insidious. So the fact that it was David was great. Was it a slight leap in terms of uh, jumping through that fourth wall? Absolutely. But that's, in a way, made it more powerful because you wouldn't expect it to come out of his mouth. Yes, I think as well for David and Ruth, I can imagine that they were the ones, you know, making cups of tea for the builders that were working, you know, supplying biscuits, all sorts of things. That That's what we'd do if we had somebody working on the house. You know, you're in regular contact with them, you talk to them. And so the, the feeling of 
just astonishment and guilt and and everything added up, I think would be so much stronger. Whereas Justin, there's no way Justin would have made them a cup of tea and offered them a Kit Kat. You know, it, it was very much at arm's length. So again, I can imagine much more why David reacted like that. What type of Kit Kat would you be offering them? Uh, I bet you'd be mean. This is one of those little two-bar Kit no. Kats. No, you wouldn't I'm go sorry. a full four-bar, would you? Or a chunky Kit Kat? A chunk, it's got to be a chunky Kit Kat. Really? None of this None of this bar nonsense. It's got to be a chunky Kit Kat. Ideally, the caramel or chocolate orange version, if you've got it. But if not, I'll take a normal one. Crumbs. <laughs> Roll, rolling out the goodies, well, you know. Well, you want to, I, yeah, you want to keep people working with a good amount of sugar in their body (laughs) you know i would have put you down as a bit of a rich tea you know the 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 meanest of mean biscuits (gasps) you know oh my goodness that's all no no marks and spencer's extra thick chocolate biscuits thank you very much you know what here's a question uh dumdy dumber uh call in next week and tell us when you've had workmen round at your your humble abode what do you uh what what do you give them in terms of uh, refreshment? You know, cup of tea, cup of coffee, but what does it come with? Because I think that's going to say a lot about the Dumdy Dummies. Because I'm telling you, a chunky <laughs> Kit Kat props to you. <laughs> it's like, wow. So, wait a minute. If you're having your bathroom done, right, so they're there for, let's say, five days. That's a big job. Yeah. I'm going to rip everything out. You know, switch everything off and then start rebuilding it. That's, let's say that's a five-day job. You're telling me that you're coming, and let's say it's three men doing the job, three people doing the job. That's a lot of chunky Kit Kats you're going to have to invest in to keep them but all happy. Then you're implying I am going to buy separate, like, tradesperson biscuits. That's not, no. If if you come into our house, you, you join the, uh, you know, let's head towards diabetes gang, and uh, you're gonna have you're gonna have a chunky Kit Kat, you're gonna have a slice of cake, you're gonna work faster than ever because that sugar's ticking through <laughs> your system. It's all good. All right, crumbs. Well, there you go, folks. Um, let's hear what you uh, give your builders, please, because hmm. uh, that's that's very important now. <laughs> I, I, I won't be able to sleep until next week's episode to, to hear. If you can beat a chunky Kit Kat per, per serving of tea, uh, feel uh, feel free to, to call it. If you are a rich tea type of dumby dumber, uh, feel free not to because you'll be embarrassing yourself unless you've got some very good ethical reasons for that. Right, here, here we go. Uh, it's Carolyn Wright. Hello, everyone. My name is Carolyn Wright. I'm phoning in from Anglesey, North Wales. I have phoned in before. First of all, I'd like to wish everyone a very happy new year. So comments about what's been happening in Ambridge this week. I thought the interview with Neil was appalling. You know, the police need to keep the locals on side. They need to gather information and evidence to build a picture of how Philip was operating. And if they interview people with such an accusatory tone, they're not going to get anywhere. Everyone's going to clam up. I mean, he was a local builder. I checked. He's been there three years, Philip Moss. Would anyone suspect him? You know, he's down the pub. He's having a laugh. Would you suspect him? The only one really was Roy. He was a bit suspicious after visiting Blake in hospital. Maybe if he dug a little bit deeper. You know, he might have got somewhere and maybe asked a few more questions. The other thing was, why did Philip 
phone, Shula. I think it's simply because, as she said, they got on really well together. Um, she's also training to be a vicar, so maybe he thought, you know, it was a safe space to talk to her, a bit like the confessional, and he wants to find out about Kirsty. He really loves Kirsty. I think he compartmentalises his life, the horses and the horrible stuff in one part, and Kirsty and the house and everything in another. Okay, that's all I wanted to say. Bye. Oh, yes. Thanks, Carolyn. I agree. The police had been appalling. I, I'm not sure why the DC tunnel was being so full on, but, um, well, I suppose it was a good good comparison to to the Archer's residence and how they were trying to come to terms with it. And, yes, if only Roy had dug deeper, or Robert, because Robert didn't like him either. And we come back to this question about why did Philip phone Shula and, uh, yeah, my view about this hidden second set of accounts. But then there's been so many of us shouting at the radio because it was Shula who first brought Philip into the village, got him doing uh, work at the stables so um, how implicated is she in this she doesn't seem to have realized that as much or maybe the police are just going to arrest Shula for her ringtone Roy Phil <laughs> <laughs> well hmm. I, I, I don't know um, but I, I do love the way that Carolyn was so earnest you, you, Carolyn um, you, this is all just make-believe. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, come on. Shame Carolyn, you, Phil, no. Listen, the earnestness of which Carolyn started her call, I, I was a little bit worried. I just thought I just, I need to say this is all just pretend, right? Uh, but, uh, but thank you for your call, Mrs. Uh, what am I supposed to be answering to? Sorry? Uh, just whether, you know, the, the yes. police are actually yes. going to arrest yes. Shula for her ringtone. Yes. yes, she deserves it. Oh, don't be so ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Here's Neil from Bath. Hi, Dumpty Dum. It's Neil from Bath. First time calling in. Um, I don't know why I've not got around to it before. I guess I'm a habitual omnibus podcast listener. And generally, by the time I've listened to it, the Dumpty Dum episode has already been recorded and is waiting for me to listen to. Finally forced myself to listen early to The Archers so that I could call in and say something ridiculous. Been listening to Dumpty Dum for a while and uh, also been listening to Archers for, well, I guess it's about 10 years, ever since just after Nigel died, which unfortunately I think makes me a Henry, which is slightly concerning. Kind of enjoying the Archers at the moment. It's nice to see the slavery storyline come to fruition. Kind of happened quite quickly, sort of came to a head in the run up to Christmas and the New Year. It's good to see Kirsty. I guess initially didn't really take it too seriously, but it seems to have sunk in this week and it's clearly affecting her. Not that that's good for her, but a bit more realistic in terms of how I think she might react. And uh, actually quite interesting that the whole plot line seems to have brought quite a few characters out of the woodwork that we haven't heard from recently. So maybe all along it was just a foil to get quite a few more people back into the storyline. Alan had to dust off his dog collar. Made me think about Justin. I find it weird. Justin, I thought, was a billionaire hedge fund owner. Uh, the hedge fund owned Land, which owns Barrow, and now he's been sacked from Barrow by Land, and he owns Land. I don't really understand that. Maybe I've misremembered. Anyway, um, I will definitely call in soon. Really appreciate everything you do. It's been great to have the podcast in the last 12 months, and uh, 
I will speak to you soon. Thank you. Oh, welcome. Wonderful, Neil. That's great to have you call in. Thank you very much for that. And yes, I agree. It has been a good way to get some of the characters back in and hear their different viewpoints in the last week as they were sort of cogitating with all that was unravelling. Um, and yes, with Justin and who owns was, hopefully more will be revealed uh, as time time goes on. And I, I just come back to this point about Brian taking over. Just the irony i did snigger when i heard that uh, brian was being appointed whether it's just as a temporary measure or, or not i well anything that gives us more brian and as i said before more bl board uh, i'm all up for uh, just bring back annabelle shrivener as well please because <laughs> I, I like I, I like what she injects into the bl board as well uh, but uh neil from bath uh, you know what i love a first time caller in her don't you yes Fabulous. But the least you should do is address yourself correctly. Not first time calling in. I'm a first time caller in But other than that, Neil, stunning, stunning way to pop your cherry, sir. Let's let's get on with emails because I'm just worried about the length of this episode, my dear. Mm, okay, so the first email is from Richard Beveridge, uh, the subject, Modern Slavery, A Frightening Parallel. Dear all, long-time listener, first-time email innerer. My Archer's Vintage is listened in the background as a child, but took the saga up again in the late 90s while working with a group of regular listeners. First significant event I recall was Phoebe's birth at Glastonbury, so I am a Phoebe. I was also a university contemporary in Brighton of Kerry's, though at Fulmer rather than Grand Parade. So my Dumpty Dum vintage is a Warbis. Among the best books I read during the 2020 long lockdown was Sir Richard Henrique's memoir of cases he presided over as both a prosecuting barrister and a judge. Sir Richard lives in Lytham and has made a formidable reputation in criminal justice in the North West. As well as prosecuting the late Harold Shipman, he was the judge for the trial of the gangsters who were responsible for the deaths of the Morecambe Bay Copplers in 2004. His summary of both the case and the prosecution has significant parallels to Ambridge's story. David Eden Sr. and David Eden Jr., father and son, unlawfully hired a group of Chinese workers to pick cockles. The cocklers were brought to the UK illegally and housed in Liverpool in close guarded accommodation. The cocklers were described as untrained and inexperienced, adding to the lethality of their working environment. Cocklers were paid £5 per 25 kilograms of cockles, far less than the typical rate here in the northwest. A lot of the cockles were sold to restaurateurs and fishmongers elsewhere in England. It is unclear as to whether any customer asked about their provenance based on price. The gangmaster was found guilty of and sentenced to 12 years of manslaughter, but also a two-year sentence for conspiracy to pervert the course of justice. I wonder if the writers are seeking to have a constabulary charge, Kirsty and others with this, as part of the investigation. As a resident in Lancaster, I quite often walk on Morecambe Prom, where there is a memorial to the Cocklers at the North End. The case in Morecambe Bay changed the law on gangmasters and modern slavery. It is apposite that 15 years on, Archer's scriptwriters see fit to remind listeners that gangmasters appear to be thriving in the UK. Those who buy from them are helping the industry to survive. Excellent writing, a compelling narrative and thought-provoking when listening to Philip's customers recount their different stories of looking the other way. Dumpty Dum is also compelling listening. Please keep the good work up. Well, yes, I mean, indeed, I know Morecambe well. I'm the only non-Lancastrian in the family. So uh, many a day at Happy Mount Park and 
remember the case well. And what a great summary, Richard. Good to be reminded of that. I think it's really made listeners think about the fair value for something. DC Tanner said uh, there were various degrees of complicity with Philip Moss customers and some definitely knew. Well, who? Who is she uh, thinking actually knew what was going on? Royfield, any clues? I, I must admit, I, I don't know. Um, I'm taking everything um, as what we've heard and that no body in the village even suspected. And I think what um, Andrew said was really quite pertinent here. To know that you are being massively undercharged a market rate you've got to know what the market rate is and let's say if you're having your bathroom uh, redone it's something we do what once every 20 years maybe and that's if we're in an old house if you go from new house to new house you're not even going to do that are you so to actually to know what a a, a typical rate is for that type of work is going to vary massively and it's not something which the average person is going to know whereas dare i say it buying a t-shirt we all know that a t-shirt shouldn't cost a fiver we actually know that you know so i i think andrew for me made a real pertinent point that this makes this not that modern slavery is a gray area it's not but our so our complicity in it is really kind of quite murky because you're asking people to know a whole load of things which they wouldn't necessarily know. The next email is from Beth Pennell and it's a plot prediction. Hi all, I've just listened to this week's episode. It occurs to me that Philip is going to pin the blame for his operation on hapless Gavin and he's going to call on Kirsty to back him up. He's going to use Gavin's gambling addiction to explain where the money, men's wages, has gone to. He'll be on trial and Kirsty and Alistair will be called as witnesses. We'll see. I've never got a plot prediction right yet. As always, loving the show, Beth from Warrington. Oh, Beth, super predictions. Yes. Will Philip try to blame Kirsty as well? That That's what I'm wondering. And I so want Shula just to realise that the horses wasn't a gambling addiction. She's still... And with the legal delays in the UK, particularly at the moment, when is this case going to be heard? It could be... It could easily be next year. Uh, maybe the, the powers that be in, in the Archers will, will bring it faster here. Okay, so the next one is from Silver Girl, and it's Helen versus Shula in the Selfish Olympics. You're going to love this, Royfield. Hi all at Dumdy Dum Towers. Thursday's episode was an epic battle in Who is More Selfish out of Helen and Shula? But fear not, I officially scored it and can declare a winner. I counted utterances of the words I, me and my in the one single episode and the tally was as follows. Helen managed 15 lots of I, four lots of me and actually no my, a total selfish score of 19. Shula managed 18 lots of I, seven lots of me and three my's, a total selfish score of 28. I add five bonus selfish points to Shula for the way she spat out the word foreigners and English in the same sentence. Mm. This brings her selfish score to 33. I deduct five selfish points from Helen for the way she did eventually spend time with Kirsty and offered her support, even managing to deploy a lot of you and your words to Kirsty. So that brings her selfish score down to 14. So there you have it. Shula is officially around two and a half times more self-centred than Helen. <laughs> 
by all Silver Girl. Ah, ah, that's fantastic analysis. I, I like to think Silver Girl got her spreadsheets out. It would make me very happy if she did. For me, Helen just great so much more. So this is from Pauline uh, with the subject is a huge thank you. I have been an Archers fan for over 45 years, but only found Dum De Dum a couple of years ago. I wanted to tell you how the podcasts have amused and entertained me since I found you, but how during the lockdowns they have been an absolute highlight and something to be saved up and savoured when I felt at my most vulnerable. I've been shielding since March 2020, and the fact that the podcasts were always there was a massive boost to me. I like all the hosts, but I'm always particularly pleased when it's a Peter and Kerry week. (laughs) Sorry, sorry, Pauline. Um, But I have to give my biggest thanks and respect to Roy Field, whose intelligence and dedication is greatly appreciated. Thanks also for the one-off podcast about modern slavery. Like many others, I was completely ignorant about it and was impressed at the archers raising the issue and for you, Roy Field, for following up with the information and setting up the funding information. Sorry, this is not an entertaining read, but it is sincerely meant, Pauline. Pauline, that was a fantastic email. Yeah, I'm sorry it's it's me this week, but Peter and Kerry will be back next week. Don't worry. Full credit to Roy Phil for raising, helping to raise uh, the, the money for this vital call. Well, no, 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 no. Thank you to the scriptwriters at The Archers for highlighting this cause because, as I said, um, and I've said over and over, I thought this was a problem which happened in other bits of the globe. I didn't really make the link between my purchasing habits and economic exploitation. Um, I thought this was somebody else's problem to be dealt with somewhere else. And we realised that it that it's all around us. So um, all, all I've done is just join up some dots and then realise that, wait on a minute, we've all been educated by this storyline. Why don't we just try and uh, help put an end to this practice by us raising... 5,000 quid, is it going to end tomorrow? No. It's a small nail in the coffin of modern slavery. And I think all right minded dum de dummers and uh, fans of the archers should uh, get out their hammers and, and, and get those nails and knocking them into this bloody coffin because um, people are vulnerable. Not everybody has the warm, secure, loving upbringing that I hope that you had or, or that I had on or the vast majority of the listeners to this show have. And it's those people, the most um, at risk in our society, that we need um, to test our humanity by. Um, it's fine for us just to look after our own selfishly, but we, we're not humans we're not members of a community and it starts at the level of a village if we aren't caring for others that through no fault of their own have had a terrible start in life and generally it's those people that then fall prey but let's get this figure up to to five grand so at least i can at this week at some point speak to justine again and say look we've got five grand for you we've got um 750 quid to go for us to get up to five grand let's do that this week it won't end slavery but it will help in one small little way ready to pop the question The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. 
Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And on that note, uh, folks, uh, let's have a little touch of Lillian. She's going to give us a social media roundup of the last seven days. Good afternoon, everybody. It's Lillian calling here from Middlesbrough with this week's social media roundup. And the first thing that I would like to do is wish everybody in Dumpty Dum land a happy and healthy new year. In the UK, we are back in lockdown and that's just unfortunate, but we just have to get through it. So now on to matters around the archers. The fact that we are back down in lockdown has actually made people afraid that we might go back to the dreaded monologues. Tony Liddell asked about this and I said that I thought it was unlikely since there was enough material to do normal episodes. But if there was a return to lockdown, then it seemed that it would be better than having no archers at all. And a lot of people agreed with me about that. To cheer us all up, Carolyn Wright has been producing a play, Pantomime, which is um, Jack and the Beads, but Stork meets the archers. She's done about four episodes up to now, and it's really funny, so take a look at it if you can. 
I also put a couple of polls on this week. One poll was around nicknames, and that was to see what people thought about the nicknames of the characters, whether or not they liked them or not. Most people seemed to like them. The other poll that I also put on was in respect of if you were in lockdown and you were in Ambridge, which character would you want to be locked down with? And lots of people engage with that poll. And as well as me putting the poll on about people's preferences for nicknames, Kate Lyle also had asked the question previously, and I thought that it would be a good idea to put on a poll to see what people's thoughts were. Both posts provoked a lot of discussion. Also, there was some concern about people being anti-Helen. A lot of people don't seem to like Helen. And Stephen Bowden was a bit upset by this and thought she was a well-rounded character. Well, I think that's about all for my social media roundup this week. So just to say that we have over a thousand members now in our Dumpty Dum group. So obviously it's growing. So that's it from me this week. And I shall see you all in a few weeks time. Bye bye for now and stay safe, everybody. Lillian, Lillian, Lillian. Ooh, uh, good roundup as always, me dear. Mm. Now, uh, you know what, Phil? I know you've what? got some real skills, right? But I'm a little bit worried, ah, oh, Philippa. <laughs> Tell me. Because you've got big shoes to fill. Because, uh, oh, God, Phil, you've got big shoes to fill. Because Peter Fickling threw down the gauntlet <laughs> last week and he said, mm. you and Quentin can't deliver the goods when it comes to tweet of the week that's yeah. what i'm gonna say i'm gonna move back from the podcasting mic and let you assume the position well thanks to mr fickling i am stepping away for this there are some arguments i will have there will some that i will not and instead i'm i'm ditching the tweets that's it that that peter can deal with that um i'm going to stick to name that newspaper royfield are you ready to play? Name that newspaper. Oh, yes, please. Okay, so we've got three headlines mm -hmm. and we've got three British newspapers and you need right. to guess which newspaper delivered which headline. This got is it. recently as well, okay? Mm -hmm. right. If you want, I can give you the three, three newspapers for you to choose, but I'll give you the headlines first of all. Number one, why 70 years of the archers leaves me cold. Telegraph. Number two. Telegraph. <gasps> wrong. Wrong, 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 wrong. Shall I give you the other ones? Okay, go on. The Archers became millennials' favourite drama as they sought comfort. Guardian. No. <laughs> God damn it. This is hard. <laughs> and then finally, Spotify needs a reality check if it thinks it can take on the Archers. Uh, go on. That's the red top. Okay, Daily Mail, Daily Mail, Daily Mail. Wrong. So, why 70 Years of the Archers Leaves Me Cold was The Guardian. Mm. The Archers Became Millennials' Favourite Drama As They Sought Comfort was The Independent. And mm. prepare yourself, Royfield. Just, just take a deep breath. Just calm yourself down. Spotify right. needs a reality check if it thinks it can take on The Archers. The Telegraph. Oh. Well, okay. To give me some credit here, because I like giving me credit. Go right. on. 
I mentioned two of those publications out of three answers. So I think I deserve some kind of pat on the back. <laughs> okay, you win. Fun. You win. Well done. You win it all. Gold star. Trophy to you. <laughs> I quite like this game, though. It's actually quite good. Uh, com. You can go there. You can do tractor. You can message people that live uh, near you and say, howdy. I love the archers too. How about a socially distanced walk with our dogs? You live just around the corner from me. Let's hang out and let's talk about Philip Moss and his evil goings on. Uh, you can do that through a tractor, which is our kind of social networking, which is part of dumdedum.com for fans of the archers. Quite simply, go on to dumdedum.com, hit the register link, which is over on top right. Make sure you put your address down. Now, folks, don't be putting your address down as just Boston. If you live in Boston, Lincolnshire, put comma, Lincolnshire or Boston, comma, England. If you're in Boston, the United States, put Boston, comma, Massachusetts or Boston, comma, USA. Because I've had to go through and so has Jesse and actually correct these because Google, by the time uh, you've registered, Google doesn't know exactly uh, where you are and just then just guesses and says this is the biggest York or the biggest Salisbury so please help me out by doing area comma city comma county and or state and country and then Google knows exactly where you are but it is so brilliant to see exactly where you are we are we are the first person signed up from the Isle of Man this week so he needs company so if you're in the Isle of Man and you're listening to this, why don't you sign up? We've had our first person in Alaska uh, the week before last. I, I know Alaska's a very big state, but why don't you keep them company? If you're in Alaska listening, you say, oh, I can sign up for that. I can, we can talk about the Aurora Borealis or Sarah Mikowski and the fact that she's so rapidly come out as being anti-Trump and said that he needs to go. Anyway, folks, so uh, go on to dumdydum.com and just be a part of things. Don't forget Patreon. Patreon is a way which you can support our website uh, and our good works here by um, supporting us. So if you've got a little bit of spare change after you've given your donation to Unseen, why don't you go on to patreon.com, $2 per episode, uh, and you can support the podcast. Starting next week, um, people who have donated in a single donation, this is £30 or more, basically get to sponsor a show. And the first sponsor of a show will be next week. And you actually get Ian Pepper or Roy Tucker reading out uh, your sponsorship of the show. And you also get to nominate a charity as well. So so uh, now the next bit is in red. Remember, to get in contact, you can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe on the website or call 0203 031 3105 to leave a message or send a text message starting with DUM to 07786 200 690. Uh, Twitter. I've been on Twitter. Philippa, have you ever used Twitter? Every day. Every day. Yeah. You're Twitterholic. I am. Uh, Twitter is uh, one of the uh, premier premier ways uh, to disseminate uh, news, views, opinions, and everything else besides that. Um, and one of the ways of which uh, Twitter has proved its worth is by really birthing, giving life, breathing air into the lungs of a small little podcast called Dum Dum. 
So uh, you can follow us on Twitter by quite simply typing in Dum De Dum. Uh, to the four people who said that they would like to help us out with the Dum uh, De Dum Twitter account, I will corral you all this week and we will get that going. Don't think Purple Pumpkin, um, Ambridge Pony Club et al. that I have forgotten, because actually I haven't, but I've just been busy with other podcasts. Uh, Philippa Hall, how can people find you on Twitter? Oh, yes, you can find me at QuickBook Reviews, but instead of a W, it's a three. Very embarrassing, mm-hmm. but there we are. You can find uh, Kerry Warbis quite simply by typing in Kerry, which is K-E-R-I-W-A-R-B-I-S. She's also on Twitter. And if you'd like to follow Pete Fickling, you can follow him on Twitter by typing in Pete Fickling. Nice and simple. Uh, Don't bother with me. Facebook, type in Dum De Dum on Facebook and over one thousand bright-eyed bushy-tailed dum-de-dummers are having fun on there talking about nice stuff uh, it's a lovely group so uh if you like lovely things marshmallows fluffy clouds unicorn the rainbows and of course the archers quite simply join us on facebook <sighs> philippa what an episode if anyone's still listening they deserve a chunky kit cat <laughs> I don't know what piece of music I should play out to that. All right, I've got it. It's going to be a nice bit early reggae, circa late 60s, early 70s. It's one of the most beautiful pieces of music. It's kind of delicate, but it has sunshine shining through it. It's uh, And this guy's voice is just wondrous. It's a mashing together of two genres of music just to create something else. uh, And it just takes it to another place. And it is, of course, Otis Gale and I'll Be Around. Mm. Oh, I like that little... mm, You're very good, you know.